So like I said before, man, I mean, 2022 is pretty crazy. Uh, we got top 10% most shared globally. And I really only put about six months worth of quality content, I would say. And this year, I plan on having a, instead of uh, releasing on the 1st and 14th, I think I want to do a weekly schedule this year. And of course, the more I do this, the crazier the interviews get. Uh, also, if you're using Spotify, you can actually tap on the episode. So for example, uh, right now I'm looking at my uh, podcast screen. If I tap on this episode right here, for example, the one that says, quote, I escaped the KKK, unquote, um, you can actually look down and you can reply. And that's up for a couple different episodes now. I'd really appreciate if you guys can give me some feedback. Tell a friend, tell your grandma, tell your mom, father, we don't discriminate. Uh, and you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This is a chiller one. I feel like I've been putting out some crazy stuff recently. So I hope that you guys can get something out of this because I definitely did myself. Yo, Jack Plex, answer the fucking phone, dude. I just want to double check and make sure too. You said that you've been a furry for over eight years now, right? Correct, I think. Tell me a little bit about your family growing up and your parents. Just lightly. You don't have to go in too deep if you don't want. I grew up in like a nice place in a nice house with both of my parents present and everything was fine and they got along nicely most of the time. My home life growing up was just pretty regular, actually. Just totally normal. Nothing to note. They got divorced, like, two years ago, but I don't really care because I don't talk to them anymore that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm an adult now. <laughs> I've got, like, things to do that aren't hanging out with my parents. So when they got divorced, it really didn't bother me. But, yeah, growing up, I just, I just did the normal kid stuff. Like, they took me to... Like, like Chuck E. Cheese, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. Do you have any siblings or anything? Or no? I have two older brothers who are 16 years older than me. So we don't really, like, we don't hang out that much. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a bit of a difference in terms yeah. of, like, everything ever. <laughs> so... How did you, uh, you know, end up coming across the furry community, so to speak? When I was a kid, I was really into this online game called Animal Jam. And basically in it, you play as like a wolf. Actually, I think they have a ton of animals now. But back then it was like a wolf or a rabbit or like a seal. And those were your options. And it was kind of more like a like a role-playing type game, actually, where you would just play with a bunch of other kids online. And I think that's when I got the idea of, like, I would love to be able to do this outside of the computer. And then, of course, I met this friend in middle school who was already a furry. She told me everything that there is to know about being a furry. What are, like, the furry basics? 
the furry basic. So I think, man, that's a difficult question actually, because the furry basics for like someone who's younger and someone who's older are kind of different. I think basically you need a fursona, which is like your character that you make. You said fursona, right? Fursona. Fursona, but with fur. That is so like, it gives me like such a good feeling to hear that word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Um, So you need that. And that's basically just the character that represents you if you were like a dog or whatever. (laughs) You know, you you know what I mean? Yeah. What's your persona? I have a lot of personas, but my first persona was a possum named Rat. And it was basically just a normal possum with like red skin instead of pink. So it seems that when you pick these fursonas though, like it's like a complete thing, so to speak. I'd equate it to like this, right? The way you're talking about like the possum having like a red stripe and it being named rat and these small details kind of create like a whole thing, right? And I guess I can equate it to kind of like content creation where you can post stuff on TikTok, you could have a podcast, you can make YouTube videos, make art, make music. And that makes you more of a complete creator if that makes sense but it seems as though like the persona you could put a lot into it right mm-hmm. that's when that's when um man okay so my first persona was a possum the persona i have now i have two main ones and one of them is a hyena and one of them is just like a like a husky dog hyena and husky dogs we're, we're gonna get back to those two but you had said the first basic thing would be having a persona and then is there more to it besides that? It, it kind of differs for everybody. Basics would be having a persona. Usually you go into online spaces with other furries, and that's how you plan meetups, and you make friends who are also furries, so you can talk about being furries, and you can commission artwork from each other and stuff like that. And then some of the later stuff that you do, if you really want to, nobody has to, but if you want to, you can get a fursuit and then go to furry conventions that happen year-round. Have you ever gone to one? Yeah. Did you have fun? Um, I had an okay time. I went with my boyfriend who is not a furry. <laughs> and so I was basically just trying to make him comfortable the entire time. It was at Anthro Expo in January 2022 this year. I had a good time. It was only like a three hours drive from my house. I brought my fursuit and I didn't wear it. And I bought a lot of art and I bought some plushies and I bought a mask with a cat face on it. And that's basically what you do at conventions. You go around, you take pictures with people, you hug each other. That's the like furry greeting is that you you give each other a big hug. And then you buy stuff, like a, like a lot of stuff. It's an expensive hobby. The fursuits go for like upwards of a thousand dollars usually. And then and then you go in your thousand dollar fursuit to a convention to spend like a thousand dollars on whatever you want. I'm going to Anthro Expo again this year in like 40 days in January. It's pretty cool. I'm excited. Basically, I guess it would be having a fursona and then incorporating yourself into the community in some way, shape or form. Yes, those would be mm-hmm. like the two most bare minimum basics, right? Yeah. And so I kind of want to get more into the hyena and what was the second one? A husky. Hyena and husky. I want to start off with the hyena. What, what about a hyena, about the animal itself? you find yourself relating to? Actually, it's kind of funny because I don't. I just picked that arbitrarily because I thought it would look the coolest with the design that I had in mind. The mohawk is pretty cool. I like that. I think that's why I chose it the most is because it would make more sense to have a mohawk on a hyena than any other animal. So more of like an aesthetic 
type of yeah i have three fursuits so far which is man like a lot for one person honestly you got three thousand dollars worth of uh fursuits (laughs) (laughs) i have i have the rat the the possum i have my hyena which i commissioned from a fursuit maker in england and then I have the husky. So I have those three as my fursuits, but I have a ton of other fursonas that I'm not ever planning on making into fursuits. So the ones that you make into fursuits, are those the ones that you connect with the most or that you want to see realized into the world? Yeah, I would say so. That Those are the coolest ones to me. Though I'm planning on selling the husky because my mom bought it for me like super cheap when I was 12 or 13, maybe 14. I'm not sure. But yeah, she bought that for me as a birthday gift and I was really appreciative, but it's super, it was like, it was made by someone who was my age when I bought it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the quality's good, but the design is iffy. I love it. I'm going to sell it. (laughs) Are most of your fursonas more of an aesthetic thing for you? Or... Yeah. Some people get really into it and they like do like role play online with their fursonas and stuff like that. They really like embody the character. But for me, being a furry is mostly about getting to dress up in a costume and go look at other people dressed up in a costume. It's basically a way for me to like get that anime convention experience, even though I don't like anime. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm more of a casual furry. There are some people who like make their whole lives about it. I just, I can't do that. I don't know. You really don't like anime? Mm-hmm. I feel like both of these things are so niche, but they definitely intersect a lot, those communities. I have not met a furry thus far that isn't obsessed with anime you said you have not met one this far that is not yeah man it is really like a there's an intersection of those two groups that i will just never understand i just don't get it what about anime kind of turns you off usually the the voices really too excited just a little too high-pitched i don't like them that's valid that's valid i think that Especially depends on the anime that you watch, too. Also, I don't really like English dub. I don't think that the English language is good for anime. To be honest, I don't really think that it encapsulates the genre that well. I think that Japanese just does it so much better. Korean, too, actually does it a lot more justice than I think English does for whatever reason. Though English dub is good for some cases. First one that comes to mind is Dragon Ball Z. But that's interesting. I would have imagined that if you're in the furry community, you would have liked anime, but it seems as though you seem like a, <laughs> I guess, a chiller person in the community, or like you see it as more of oh, like yeah. a, you treat it as more of a hobby more than anything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are some people who are really hardcore about it, and there are some people who are really annoying about it. Probably why I have a hard time making friends that are furries, because some people are like really into it, and I'm just kind of into it, like into it enough to spend a couple thousand dollars on it. (laughs) But you know what I mean. I've spent quite a bit of time on the internet. And uh, you know. You know what you see when you look up furries. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I was hoping we would get to talk about this. There is a sexual side to the fandom. And it has been like that since the beginning of the fandom. It really doesn't bother me. I really just don't care. People like what they like. Personally, I'm not really into that. But like, I don't really shame people who are. It's a little weird. It's pretty weird. (laughs) But uh, to each their own, I guess. As long as you're not hurting anyone, harassing anyone, making people uncomfortable, it's really none of my business. I don't really care about it either, to be honest. I think it's funny to look at. 
Like I'll be, <laughs> I'll be, sc- <laughs> I'll be scrolling around and I'll look at it and I'm like, damn, someone thought of this, <laughs> drew it out, and it's here in front of me. And I'll just be amazed that like it, this exists in the first place. I don't, I don't really find any negative feeling or judgment in looking at uh, furry porn. But I think that I guess what it is about it that kind of interests me is that like there's a lot of layers when it comes to sexuality it's a well-known thing very well studied uh how rope play can tie into certain complexes that an individual may have bdsm animal play so on and so forth i haven't looked too much into it yet next time i go to the library that's probably the next thing i'm going to be looking into next to sociology but i was curious about if you like did animal play or anything like that but it seems as though like you said before you seem very chill and like you're not that i'll be honest i used to for like a month maybe and i did it and it was fun and then it was kind of like discord kitten moment i no longer felt comfortable doing it after that you know what i mean the people who were most into it were like nasty ass neckbeard weirdos i was legal in my state but not on the internet do you know what i mean yeah so that was like a moment in my life that i regret Uh, you were young you were young and i think i think at conventions and stuff people who are into that kind of stuff they should be allowed to do whatever they want at a convention space as long as they're not doing it overtly in front of kids there's a thing called pup play where they have that like leather mask thing that looks like a dog and they some of them crawl around and some of them have like handlers that like walk them on leashes and stuff. And there's a picture online that I keep seeing where one of those pup play guys is like talking to a little girl in a dress. You know what I mean? Like pretending to be a dog in front of her. And I, I think that's a little weird because it is a fetish. As far as I know. I think that kids should not be introduced to fetishes. Oh my god, that's a crazy-ass sentence. Definitely not. <laughs> De- kids should definitely not be exposed to, to, to fetishes. But when it comes to being exposed to gay people and so on and so forth, obviously they should be able to be exposed to that because it's normal and it is natural. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I definitely see where you're coming from, though. Do you think that there's something about animal play that attracts kind of neckbeardy people? I'm not sure. Because I'm not really in that, like, fear of the... I think it's, like, it's more of a, like, a Venn diagram with a furry community. It's, like, enjoys pretending to be an animal. It's, it's the middle thing, and then everything else is, like, kind of... It's just different. I don't, I don't know a lot about pet play, honestly. I think that when I was first introduced to the concept of furries... I mean, the person that I am, I love knowledge. I've come to terms with this recently. I need to learn stuff. I just, I love it. I like learning stuff. Every time I learn something, I realize how much I don't know. And it just fuels me to just try to learn something else the next day about anything. So when I first heard about furries, like when I heard about it again, when I was like older and I considered myself like a real conscious being, like when I was like, what, 19, I didn't have anything against it at all. I just thought it was interesting. And I was wondering when you told your boyfriend that you were a furry, did he have any overt reaction that was like, oh no like and then you had to like bring him down or was he more of like say my boyfriend and all of my friends actually they just don't care a lot they they don't really want to talk about it 
even though it's like my like the one big hobby that I really do. But they're not mean. They just it's just kind of like a thing that I keep to myself. My boyfriend doesn't care. He just like I have those like fursuit heads in my room and he's like, just keep them in the top of your closet and close the door so I don't have to like think about it. <laughs> um, Honestly, I, know. I feel like I would be asking you questions about it all the time. No, he's super chill. He just he doesn't care. Yeah. Nobody really cares. Nobody really is surprised either. I've known this friend group since I was in middle school about the time that I figured out what a furry was. Oh, yeah. So this is definitely, yeah, this is definitely like, it's been a thing. It's been a thing. Though my best friend, when when we were younger, he was really on that like online space of like video gamers. You know what I mean? He would jokingly call me a dog fucker and stuff like that, which was not funny at the time, but it's funny looking back because we were both such little kids. Does your family know that you're a furry? Not my extended family because I really don't want to get into it with like an 87-year-old man. (laughs) Yeah, bro. About like how weird my hobbies are. Yeah, bro. And how I make my money on something productive or like investing or whatever. Sometimes, bro, you got to pick your battles. Grandpa, I know you're rich, but I'm... Having fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the feeling that you get out of being a furry? Because I think that, for example, like, once again, as I said earlier about me learning, like, the, uh, the feeling that I get interviewing people is that I feel like I learn stuff every time I talk to someone. I think that's very valuable. What do you feel like you get when you engage, when you're in the suit and you're engaging with the community and you're, you're just being yourself in this hobby? What do you gain? I think that I am healing my inner child. Honestly, it's nice to be anonymous. You can have fun. You can do whatever you feel like doing without fear of people looking at you weird because everybody there is being weird. I heal my inner child when I go to conventions and stuff and I make videos for my TikTok. I have a lot of fun. And that's basically what I'm focused on right now is that I just want to live my life to the fullest. I want to do things that make me happy. And I'm, I'm tired of caring about what other people think about what I do with my time. Yeah, it definitely gets to be a certain point where it's just... <laughs> I mean, even when I first started this, for example, and I had to tell people, I was like, oh, I have a podcast. I was kind of like, damn, I have a podcast. Like, fuck, I have a... You know what I mean? Like, But I think That's, that yeah. once I stopped fretting about the word podcast and what that all entails, because I feel like that word definitely has gotten a lot, somewhat of a bad rep given the nature of some creators that are just like, I feel like not doing the medium justice. But once I got over that and I kind of let it grow into what it is, it's a lot more representative of who I am and like what I want to do, if that makes sense. So I definitely see what you're saying when you're talking about like healing like your inner child and like being able to be yourself. Because that's important, bro. You cannot live your life not having something that you can just feel fully relaxed in. And especially with anonymity, as you were talking about earlier, like when you're in the suit, that's gotta be a freeing experience because what are you worrying about? Right, yeah. By healing my inner child, I mean like, my childhood was good, but I had some really bad anxiety. I always thought that everyone was judging me and everyone was making fun of me behind my back, sometimes because they actually were. And I was like, when I found the furry community, it really it really put me in a place where people did not judge me anymore and people didn't care what I did. And I, I found friends that were like really good friends who supported me and didn't make fun of me and didn't laugh at me and didn't call me names and who were just there for me no matter what the circumstance was. And I, I really, I just recently connected with one of my old, old childhood friends 
who I hadn't talked to in five years. And he's a furry. And I think it's also because I made him play Animal Jam. <laughs> Animal Jam the furry pipeline. I think so, yeah. He's super nice still. It's a good place to find people who care about you. I don't want to say it's important to like be yourself because like, duh, it's important to like be yourself. Like it is like you need like a space to be able to just not worry and not fret about everything. I'm pretty sure that you and I are like the same age range, especially since we're so young. When you just open up social media and you scroll across TikTok, Instagram or whatever else, obviously you hear and see of a lot of bad things that are just completely out of your control. And you see and hear of a lot of good things that are in your control, a lot of good things that are still out of your control, and then some bad things that are in, some things that are good that aren't. You hear of a lot of stuff. You, you definitely need a space for sure. Now more than ever to be able to have a space to just not worry about anything and just to be able to like live your life like how we're supposed to as human beings i don't think we were ever meant to get the amount of information that we get every day that we're getting right now because you open twitter and it's just a dumpster fire all of it and everything in the entire world is going wrong and you feel like you have to do something about it and you don't have to do anything about it it's not your job but it still worries you because it's like how do i stop the war on ukraine <laughs> you know what i mean exactly like what am i gonna do about this although i will say that i think that the first step to solving any bad thing. As humans, I think we all have a collective responsibility to just be kind to each other. I think that that's the number one thing that you can do. Besides that, you can't really do anything else. I was really worried coming into this like interview that you were gonna be a jerk about me being a furry because that is the experience that you get online most of the time outside of the, the fandom space. Very common, very common. Is that people will just like shit on you and just make a lot of assumptions for no reason and i do think that it is important to just be kind to people because honestly we're all just people doing what we do and plus like imagine if i had i mean i would never do this to anybody but imagine if i came into this conversation ready to like hound at you and like make fun of you for like content that's that's disgusting i don't <laughs> i i would never be able to see myself doing that and I, I don't understand people that do do that i think it's very like i don't think that you should shit on people to get a plate you know what i mean looking at you every other podcaster but that's why i don't like using the word to label my show sometimes because i'm like damn like i'm gonna be associated with like this i don't want to be associated with this i want to be like my own thing but again like i said it all starts with just one person right so you start doing your own thing and then hopefully it has an effect if you could just tell me your opinion what animal do you think i'd be i don't even know what you look like that's perfect um, it's just my energy i i don't want to say the most basic answer because most of the time when people who I don't know ask me this, like, what would my persona be? I usually just say wolf because it's got to be like 50% or more of the fandom has a wolf persona. And that's like, that's like the one that you start with <laughs> most of the time. I think you could be maybe like an otter. Like, you seem really uh, energetic. I feel like you might have a good smile. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I've been told that before. Yeah, really? Told, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky. I never, I've never had braces or anything, but I have really straight teeth. It's a common trait in my entire family. I've had braces. That sucked. That part of my life sucked. I'm assuming that's the same part of your life where you realize you, ha you had a persona and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that the wolf is like the kind of like the beginning persona, so to speak? Is it because dogs have so much like human characteristics yeah i think so i think that it's just like who doesn't want to be a wolf do you know what i mean yeah i think that it, it, 
dogs are so relatable. Dogs are so relatable. Dogs are man's best friend, dude. Yeah, yeah. dogs, wolves, whatever. I mean, you still look at a wolf and you still get like that same feeling you get when you look at a dog. Yeah. God, I have to think about this because I saw there's been like polls and stuff on on what's the most popular fursona. I think it's like the like the hybrid ones are number one, number two is wolf, and number three is fox. And the number one hybrid is a wolf and a dog hybrid. Which yes. I think is pretty funny. Yeah, it's definitely reminiscent of the relationships that humans have with dogs in general. It's interesting how that carries over into furry community. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that it's kind of weird. Um, one of the more popular furries came up with their own closed species that was based off of... Okay, so they're called Dutch Angel Dragons. And they're kind of dragons with like a horse body and like a like horns and wings and stuff like that. And they're like one of the most popular closed species in the fandom, but the creator came up with it because their horse died. And they were like, I want something to remember my horse by. And so they made a fursona and like a whole fursona species made based off their horse, which I just think is kind of, kind of cool. Like, I just think it's, I think a lot of people start being a furry because they like really care about animals and stuff and are like, they just care. And that's probably the best way that you can come up with to like ever remember like your animal. Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess barring yeah, the inevitable I, rule 34-ing of the Dutch angel dragon. But besides that, it must be like very fulfilling, I feel like, to the creator. Yeah, a problem with closed species that is in the fandom is that usually you have to pay for them, like pay to use them or pay to make a persona in that species. So instead of a Dutch angel dragon, just to get around the paywall, people started making just angel dragons you know what i mean yeah and uh, and so they don't have to pay the creator anything to like use the concept because it's not technically a dutch angel dragon but i just think it's like kind of disrespectful yeah i do see that especially i think it's especially disrespectful if they were to use like the, that concept of a dutch angel dragon and then not even it's one thing to take like an idea from something and then make it your own but it's another thing to take an idea from something slap a different name on it <laughs> And then be like, this is not a Dutch angel dragon, it's an angel dragon. I think the first not, one is a lot more valid as opposed to the second one. I'm not a fan of close species, but um, it's really kind of not my problem because I don't I don't use them. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really expensive. Like some of the more popular ones are a couple hundred dollars to even get a concept. That's not even something material. Like you don't get a drawing, you don't get you don't get a fursuit, you don't get like a badge shipped to you or anything. You just get to use the concept of a species, which is like, I don't know. It's weird to me. I don't like it. Last question would probably be, if you were to give anybody advice on how to approach life in general, what would you say? Definitely just keep in mind that literally nobody cares. And I mean that in a nice way. If you ever think that someone is going to judge you for what you are happy doing, or you're scared to start a new hobby or you're scared of what people might think about you if you if you do something. I can, I can say from personal experience that nobody is paying attention. Nobody cares about what you're doing as long as you're not bothering them. And I try to use that every day. I just ignore if other people are looking at me weird or if other people say mean things to me because they really just shouldn't care and everybody else doesn't care. 